0: Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loras College. We are wrapping up May term, a one-time instance of Loras's single course immersive experience occurring at the end of the academic year. In this episode, we talk about what the experience has been like before it changes back to January term next year. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Nancy Fett, Associate Professor of Social Work. welcome back to the well, welcome to the Duhok Digest this is your first
1: time no this is my second time
0: oh well, fantastic I can't remember what we talked about <laughs> We talked about something. well either way welcome <laughs> back to the studio it's great thank to you. have you back thank you very much so before we get going before anybody yeah if there's anybody listening is not completely familiar with your like I know that name why why does that ring a bell let's let's talk a little bit about your loris experience okay. so you originally were here as a undergrad. You're a Loris alumna from the class of 1990. Yes. Uh, What brought you here as an undergrad?
1: So uh, originally I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I had a father that went to Loris College. I had two brothers that went to Loris College. Actually, I had three brothers. One came after me. Uh, So we're kind of a Loris family. So it was really kind of a done deal. (laughs) Um, I didn't really apply anywhere else. This was really kind of the place where I just always imagined myself because of all the visits and bringing my brother up and you know, those kind of things. So, um, Loris was just always kind of the choice um, that I always had in my head. Uh, I graduated um, with a social work degree. Um, I had a great time here. I mean, it was, there, everything I wanted to experience, I felt like I was able to. Uh, I did service trips, I did volunteer experiences, I did internships, back when internships weren't the thing. <laughs> Um, I studied away, I went to England for a semester. Uh, I really felt like I had the, just kind of a pinnacle experience at Loris. And so coming back was such a, a natural and kind of exciting thing years later. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt odd being back here at first, but now after being here again 25 years, um, it's it's home.
0: Sure. So, so obviously you, you graduate, you go on, get further education, get start getting experience in the field. And what was it that brought you back to Loris as a faculty member?
1: Well, it was never something I ever imagined myself doing, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I was kind of thinking about switching positions. Uh, I was living in Chicago at the time, um, had done this uh, role for several years after grad school, and again, was thinking of a change. And I was actually on vacation um, when I got a phone call from the registrar at Loris, um, Bud Noonan, Um, may he rest in peace. Mm -hmm. Uh, who contacted me and said would I be interested in coming back and interviewing for a position? Now at that time I didn't um, I didn't accept a position then, but a few years later another position came open, and that's when I interviewed and uh, was hired. Okay. So that was
0: 1995. All right, so 25 years later. <laughs> 25 years later. <laughs> Seems like you're kind of you get into a routine and then. And, then this past year happens and everything kind of goes on its head. What's it like teaching during a pandemic when you have no idea what's going to happen from one day to the next?
1: Well, it's been a natural progression. Um, you can imagine that last spring was really very difficult. Um, I was especially torn because I had 17 students in their field, their final field placement mm. uh, for social work. Uh, just a really important um transition time from being a student to being an actual social worker. And uh, when everything started shutting down, the college also shut down all of those placements. I fought it for a few <laughs> days, because I really feel like social workers are out there, um, and they don't have much of a choice, because they're working with such under-resourced uh, folks who are in crisis, etc. cetera. Um, but in the end, um, everything did shut down And students basically had to go remote. Um, So sadly, I don't think their placements were as meaningful. You know, they did a lot of research, they did a lot of reading of articles, they did a lot of um, podcasts and um, trainings and things along those lines, but not a lot of direct practice. And so it was really hard um, for uh, them, but obviously very hard for me as well to watch them have to go through that experience. I was encouraged because so many were going on to grad school and would hopefully get that experience um, the next year, but that was really hard. Um, Other classes uh, in the spring and then in the fall, just a real kind of feel out um, semester where uh, really seeing where students were. I think a lot of students said they wanted to be in person. But then, you know, always had that option that, you know, if they didn't feel like walking in the snow or walking in, you know, less than ideal weather, they could just stay online. Mm -hmm. And so it was a real struggle because, um, you know, I might have two students in class. And I was very much torn to either go completely online uh, or, you know, require students to show up if they were supposed to be there. Um, one of the classes I taught in the fall, I would say 98% of the students either had COVID or were, had to be quarantined for at least two weeks. So it was really hard to force students to yeah, come, yeah. right? Um, but I think we've all grown and we've learned a little bit about what you can ask and and what you just need to accept, and uh, it. Um, it all turned out okay. I I feel especially bad for the first year class. I don't think they really have a sense of what it really means to go to college yet. Um, they don't have those experiences in the classroom. They don't have a sense of um, where to study, how to study, um, what what are the ideal conditions. Uh, you know, even how to talk to a professor mm-hmm. um, in person is just not something that happened. I felt like I had to contact them much more often than they contacted me uh and i have no problem doing that and i i enjoyed some of our one-on-one zoom meetings um sometimes more because i could see them in their element um, which was kind of helpful uh but uh, i really feel for them and i hope in the fall they are able to gain that experience a little bit more fully Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be a little steeper learning curve because they now have this model of what it looks like to go to school
0: yeah and some of that that sense of community that just being on a college campus and interacting with other students and professors is it, yeah. it just it's not the same through a computer screen as it is just being there and being, absolutely yeah.
1: uh, you know we run the giving tree in the fall the social Work Council and that was a completely different experience mm-hmm. and normally there's so much engagement with students with the community Um You know lots of just fun and um, just a really positive experience and we just didn't feel any of that this year and again it's one of those where we had to stop everything that we were doing very similar to some classes and we're gonna completely start all over again we're not going to have that history Mm -hmm. that kind of institutional mind about how we did it last year because the students who graduated aren't there anymore Mm -hmm. so we have this this model that isn't going to be very helpful hopefully this fall when everything goes back to normal, right? we hope. Fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) Well, and talk about not being back to normal. So as I mentioned at the top, we're we're in May term. So generally we have a first semester and then there's that transition after the holidays to that J term, the single course, kind of immersive experience, three weeks where students can really focus on one topic, really get hands-on learning, and then move back into the second semester. Yes. That because of the pandemic was shifted to May. So instead of having that, you know, month essentially to, to breathe, focus on one course, that we went right into the second semester. What was that like? I and mean, especially as a faculty member, like you have yeah, a way this is so used to doing it. You kind of Yeah you know, and everything changes. Yes. And just in just going from one semester to the next, what was what was Absolutely. that like?
1: Well, you know, I've been teaching January term since it started. It's one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, partly because I hate winter, and it gave me three weeks to do something that was fun and positive, and, and um, you know really um, a positive and ex- kind of experiential um, opportunity for students. So for May, we didn't have much prep time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we went from spring semester. We had a week after graduation, which of course grades were due, mm-hmm. um, and then we jumped right into May term. Um, January is nice because we have that winter break. Um, not that we're not working on it beforehand, but you know it's a, it's a really good time to kind of tidy things up and, and again, clarify where, what we're doing, where we're going, all of those kind of things. So um, the prep time was definitely much different this year. I confess my energy level isn't as high as it typically is um, in January. Now COVID probably had some impact on that. Mm-hmm. It's been a very exhausting year, not only for faculty, but also for students and staff, everyone on every campus. This has just been different and a huge transition. Um, so that probably had an impact. But um, uh, there's not much happening in January um, because of the cold weather, especially for me. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't go outside. I mean, I'm just not one <laughs> of those people. So I prefer January because I might as well do something with my time um, because I'm not going to be sending it out outside. May... Um, although the weather hasn't been stellar provides a little bit more distraction Um, it's a little bit harder to concentrate Um, but on the other hand it's also a very it's a safer time to travel um, if it weren't for COVID Um, you know there are some definitely pros to doing it in May Um, but I am one of those folks that um, I get senioritis every year anyway, <laughs> so I am typically ready for the semester to be done in May. Um, I teach all summer, but it's kind of a different schedule, mm-hmm. and it's a different approach. So I love warm weather, so there is that too. Um, I originally had 19 students in my class uh, about three days before classes started, um, and then the next day I had six withdraw. Mm-hmm. And so I checked, and I, and I found out that it's not like they went to another J-term or another May term. Um, they just decided they wanted to start summer early. Yeah. So there was that. Yeah. And that was, again, that again changed the focus of the class. It changed what we were able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I, I even had to change classrooms because it made it a little bit more doable for someone else to be in a bigger classroom and have more of their students um, in attendance on okay. a regular basis. So... Um, hybrid has also complicated things a little bit, right? Since we're not fully in person and we're not fully online, it was really hard to organize some of the experiences, right? So, J term or May term is really known as an experiential class mm-hmm. where you go out and do things. You have lots of speakers, you have lots of movies, um, and I was um, a little bit hesitant to do too many outside activities, only because I had one student who was online, and. And with only um, just a little bit of time to actually plan for everything, what that meant was I also had to create alternative assignments for that student who was online. Sure. So unfortunately, it probably wasn't as as powerful of an experience for him as it was for some of the students who got to go to hills and dales or help with the Dubuque area labor harvest or you know some of the other things that we did like poverty simulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he had an experience. Um, but probably not as much fun as the other students were able to have. So.
0: Sure. I mean, I know over the course of your, your time, you said you, you really love the, the J-term courses, and I know the experiences that are critical to what these students are doing. So yeah. typically during January, they're, they're outdoor doing winter-focused activities, right?
1: Well, winter or able to go to agencies and um, do site visits. Mm-hmm. And um, again, typically we do... Uh, the Winter Games, the Special Olympics for two days, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Luther King, the breakfast is is always in January, right? It's not, yeah. It doesn't happen in May, it happens in <laughs> right. January. Um, so a lot of things that kind of have just been established over the years, mm-hmm. we couldn't utilize. So mm-hmm. it was almost like creating a brand new class, at least with new ideas and new activities. I do love J-Term. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I actually really enjoy organizing all the events and the speakers and the um, different activities that we do because I really think it helps students um, understand the content more like it makes it real mm-hmm. you know because we can certainly talk about self-determination or empathy or some of those things that we talk about you know in a basic course like intro to social welfare but when they experience it um, it, it, it goes to a whole different level um, and so um, one of the other things about um, J term or May term um, in this semester has been Um, that hybrid experience Um, and so I have found especially um, in this last week um, students are uh, emailing a little bit ahead of time of class and saying I'm not feeling so well (laughs) Uh, can I come online or you know various other reasons and so I feel like um, they They know that they have that as an option, Mm -hmm. so um, they're more likely to use it as an option because they've had practice with it all year. In January, it's just typically January term, it's just not an issue. Mm -hmm. You're in class for 15 days, and you really can't miss because if you miss one day, it's like missing a whole week. So um, on the other hand, I think hybrid has also been nice. Um, For example, I had a student who lost his grandpa last week. And normally he would have had to been gone. He would have had to leave, gone home to you know traveled home. Um, but because he was gone, he was able to at least come online sure. and be a part of class for at least half mm-hmm. a day, um, versus be gone for two full days. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was kind of that that was it was a nice element that allowed him to um, participate remotely, which he did. Um, and so i i do appreciate that sure
0: um, i mean there's definitely obviously going to be positives and negatives and, and, and you understand some of the 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 struggle with the students they didn't really get a break i Thank mean you. normally at least over the j term they have that they have the holiday break they come back there's another break at the end you know a short yes. break before they go right back into the second semester and right. this it was just kind of it was. full steam ahead it right was. you know uh, again you finish finals you have a week and then you're right into yeah the J term. So faculty were the same way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was just, it's just a different thing. I can really feel this third week. Everyone is spent Mm and I I really, you know, our fuses are pretty short. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that I had the wherewithal to think about this last week and kind of ease into the end. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of put some of that kind of the heavier content right up front um and uh we have you know we have a couple speakers we have a couple movies but then we're doing poster presentations and things like that that you know less onerous at least for most of the students for Mm -hmm. most of the time during class so i am grateful i was thoughtful enough about that but it it has been um a heck of a three weeks uh, two weeks soon to be three weeks um but i uh, for the most part i think students have done pretty well i mean they're still they're still there they're still questioning um but i can tell they're tired i can i can i can see it in their work i can see it in some some of the participation of the students um and uh and again the sickness or pretend sickness or whatever that is um <laughs> You know, whatever itis it is, however
0: you want to classify (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) I will be very happy to go back to a a time when the expectations are very clear Mm -hmm. and we're not afraid that, you know, someone is the the beginning of a of a virus that none of us understand on some levels. And uh, I can say, no, you ought to just show up. (laughs) A little cough won't prevent you from being in class. We'll all suffer through it. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's 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 been a trip Um, sure well uh,
0: there there's definitely a positive to it though however i would see if if we had gone ahead j term as as normal some of these hands-on experiences would not have they didn't they didn't exist they they weren't possible so now timing wise now that we're into may more vaccinations are out there and things are actually slowly but surely opening up you mentioned hills and dales that was an experience that was not available prior to may
1: no no we were the first volunteer group to actually go back um, and volunteer with them since last march march of 2020. So I was very grateful for that. You're right. I mean, I, I don't think I would have wanted to teach in January this year, um, to be honest. You know, that would have been excruciating. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, with sickness, with travel, with the weather, all of those things, it would have all compounded onto something that just wouldn't have been enjoyable for, I don't think, anybody. So I am mm-hmm. grateful they switched it to May. Um, I will be glad when May is, when this, this is wrapped up. Uh, but you know I jump right into summer. So mm-hmm. I've already I already have summer students um, starting their field placements this last week. Um, so it's not like it completely ends. it's just a different way of, of working. Sure uh, for me this summer. Um, but I look forward to you know all the the summer activities that Loris does anyway. We're doing orientations which get to be in person. you know I mean some of that it's just exciting to be back. yeah so.
0: Yeah, well, and you did share with me uh, last week some of the some of the students' experiences that you've had between the hills and dales, and the, the different things, the poverty simulation. Yeah. Regardless of how fatigued everybody is, they're they're still connecting with the material and really finding value in that. So that's got to be really encouraging.
1: It is encouraging. Again, I think um, given some of the experiences ha- they've had. I think, um, again, given our energy levels, I think they have done admirably. Mm-hmm. I really have. I mean, I, I, I'm grateful for the class that I have. Um, we had a great um, discussion on Friday. Friday we, uh, ha- we showed the documentary 13th, which is about racial um, disparity within the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. I shared the movie with uh, a sociology course and a criminal justice course, and then we shared a panel um, who talked about equity and disparity, and it was fabulous. Um, I started my class off this morning, and they could not stop talking about it. I mean, it really, like it was really impactful, mm-hmm. and I really felt like they were there at every moment of that. Um, and again, had they not been a part of May term, they would have never experienced that, mm-hmm. you know, or at least thought about it on that level. So, right. um, I mean, some of the questions were jo- I mean, I was shocked at the level, the depth, that they had gotten into with our panelists, mm-hmm. so it was it's it's those kind of things that make me love teaching yeah. um, these kind of experiential semesters. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and I did touch, and I wanted I want to talk come back a little bit about the the poverty simulation. So mm-hmm. this is something you've been doing for 20 years now,
1: at least yes,
0: <laughs> a minimum of 20 years. Minimum. So, tell me a little bit about it. What is the poverty simulation all about?
1: So it's a it's a simulation that. Um, well it simulates a year a month in the life of someone living in poverty not desperate poverty but really working poor issues Mm -hmm. Um, and students are assigned to a family um they take on a role within a family it could be a a parent role it could be a child role it could be a teenage teenage role or even an an older adult they're living in houses they're living in homeless shelters and they have to um uh, pay bills uh, feed their family, and keep their family safe for a whole month, mm-hmm. um, which are four 15-minute segments um, during this simulation. And, you know, they encounter the typical things that families might encounter. You know, there are luck of the draw cards, which might mean something good for your family, like winning the lottery, mm-hmm. um, win- winning a lottery ticket. Let's, sure. not, let's be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, someone breaks your window and you have to pay for that. So um, they recognize uh, either if they're working or they're not working or if they're sending to their, ch- their children to school on a regular basis, just the, how complicated life can be, um, especially when you are not sure if you're going to make it at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there are rules to living in poverty, there are rules to living in middle class, and there are rules to living... Um, a wealthier lifestyle, and most of them are used to those middle or upper class rules. And so during the simulation, they experience and learn a few of the hidden rules of poverty. Um, I won't give those away because uh, someone might want to experience that in the future, but um, they're, they're real lessons that help students understand um, how difficult it is um, to uh, maintain a household, to um, uh, even things like paying attention to your children, when you're thinking about where am I gonna, how am I gonna pay utilities, mm-hmm. um, those kind of things. And how some people um, can succumb to um, lesser than legal re- ways of paying bills. Um, we talk about uh, something called the opportunity structure in class, where um, we all think everybody has this pathway to success. We all know what it means to be successful in life. Um, but not everybody can achieve it through mm-hmm. the same path, right? Which most of us think of as doing well in school, working hard, um, and you know becoming successful. Not everybody's path is, is easily taken. So with barriers and different obstacles and challenges in the way, some people have to make up their own path. Which isn't always the one that everyone is approving of. Sure. And so they find that during this simulation, some of them have to take that other path. Mm. Um, and I think it just helps them with a little bit of empathy about why people do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, or even um, they recognize that blaming the victim versus some systemic issues isn't very helpful. Um, because they can try as hard as they want, some of them just will not succeed in this simulation. So it's really a fascinating thing to watch to participate in every simulation is different um, i learn something brand new every time i do it because every group is different mm-hmm. um it's it's and hey cap is our partner with this and they do such a great job um and are such so reliable every year um helping us with this so i'm always appreciative that they can do this with us
0: and it seems to really resonate with the students to have this type of you know experience or simulation that they can learn something new just like you
1: yeah if we could figure out a way that every student from loris college completes this simulation uh, it would honestly i think would change our community Um, because i think there are some folks that again i think it's easy to you know, based on political leanings, based on um, family experiences, based, based on the environment that you grew up in, you have certain beliefs about certain populations. And I think this can dispel some of those stereotypes, some of those beliefs, and at least help people be a little bit more empathetic towards a population that maybe they're not familiar with.
0: Yeah, well, so, and luckily we are able to do that again this May as opposed to January, yes, right? Yes,
1: yes. I was so grateful because I was actually really worried um, that— Um, you know too many people in too close of a situation and quite honestly the simulation works best when it's really busy sure um we so we only had three classes involved in it when typically we might have double that and the more chaotic it is the more of a lesson it is (laughs) um the more stressful it is for students um which is believe it or not kind of a good thing for them to experience um but it was it still went very very well and i again we have uh volunteers from staff, uh, faculty uh, who help us with this every year, because you can't do it without a bunch of volunteers mm-hmm. to help um, staff some of the stations. So uh, it's just a really good community experience all around. Mm-hmm. It really is.
0: Good. Well, and next year it will be back in January. Yes. I'll I've be- already kind of got it booked. I've already <laughs>
1: got a tentative date for it because really I can't imagine teaching an intro to social welfare class without it. Sure. I, and I know I'll always be able to find partners. I can. I. I usually have more classes than I can actually handle um, when I'm asking, but, uh, yeah, it really is a real pinnacle experience. It's mm-hmm. a real foundational experience for anyone who's thinking about, uh, majoring in social work or psych or criminal mm-hmm. justice or even sociology. Sure. Yeah.
0: So while this year was different being in May, a different experience, obviously. So, so positive as a walk away from it, but yet at the end of the day, it's a one-time thing. We're back to January next year and back yes. to a more normal approach. Yes. And
1: thank goodness.
0: You, yeah, so you seem rather relieved here.
1: I'm not counting down, but it's four more days.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nancy, thank you so much. and I just want to say thank you to you and all the faculty I mean, this is a hard year. this is this is very difficult. So the, all the work you've put in, yeah, it's it's very much appreciated by the students, whether they, they share it with you or not and obviously by the fact that the staff on on the campus too is seeing all the work you're putting in to get through this different type of year
1: you know honestly I feel like students know Mm -hmm. I have gotten so many messages of support I mean they understand and I certainly haven't been afraid to share where I am with them as well Mm -hmm. you know I mean we're all struggling and Mm -hmm. we some of us were stronger at times than others and uh and I think but I really believe um students get it right they were right there with us and um, i don't i have never felt more of a partnership with my classes um than i ever have this year so there is something about that you know where we were in it together mm-hmm. and we survived it together um and hopefully we all come out a little bit stronger a little bit more prepared hopefully for the next time that happens in another 30 years let's hope at least 400 <laughs> or 100, or or so. 100 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I mean, I think there are some real lessons that I think we take away from this. I think, um, again, I, I, I could imagine using hybrid, you know, if I were going to a conference, right? I don't need to cancel class, right? No. I can use Zoom and I can talk to my students for an hour before I go to any sessions. I mean, there are just some real benefits mm-hmm. to now knowing this technology. And, uh, but I am grateful that I had the students I had this year um, and I look forward to seeing them, their whole faces, um, in the fall.
0: On a regular basis, too. On you, a regular man. basis, yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for coming in. Thank Talking you. about what this May experience this past year has been like for you. And um, I'm looking forward to next year and being back to normal. Yes. All right. well, thank you again. And, and thank you to our producer, Trent Hanselman. And thank you to everyone who listened into our discussion. For more podcasts as well as Loras news and features, be sure to visit the Loras Daily website at daily.loras.edu. While you're there, you can sign up for email notifications so you don't miss out on anything happening at Loras. We hope you'll join us next time for another Hawk Digest. And until then, take care of yourselves and each other and go Hawks.